Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, people, Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate. And listen, this is episode uh, two of our Best of 1993 specials. Uh, if you haven't heard part one yet, we dropped it earlier in the week. Uh, go and check that one out. Uh, it'll make a little bit more sense if you do. I think uh, also available is our Best of Hip Hop uh, special. So if you're wondering why there's no hip hop records in these choices, it's because we uh, dedicated a separate list to that. Throughout this episode, we've got contributions from uh, people that are other podcasters, uh, generally good people, uh, people with good taste in music. So we'll be peppering those in throughout the episode. I'm trying to so give a shout out to who we got on here. We've uh, got uh, Stephen and Sam from uh, True Cult Pop. We've got Gaz from Track One Side One. We've got Andrew Bird on here, who runs a music podcast uh, called Funny tasting music check that one out if you've not heard of it before uh and we've got our friend cliff on here from a devil times five a great horror movie podcast uh, i think that's everyone um yeah so i hope you enjoy this episode guys um we will be back uh with more stuff in the new year coming in with 1994 uh I, we do a big thanks in this one but again just to reiterate here thank you so much everyone that's joined us on this journey this year it's been a weird year for me man um looking forward to starting a new one next year uh big up to everyone that listens uh, and a special thank out to neil Medicraft who sent us a christmas present today we're not allowed to talk about it uh until after christmas apparently but uh a big shout out to him anyway all right man take it easy guys take it easy speak to you soon bye people it's Dave Fensom here again with another episode of Pop Collaborating Listen joined as always by Mr. Chris DeGroo hey everybody yes this is part two of our top 10 mm. of 1993 if you haven't heard part one then stop collaborate and listen to that one That'll instead do. because <laughs> otherwise it won't make sense and we'll probably refer back to it uh, yeah so basically this is part two we Got basically one, a 10 to 5-ish yeah. last time. It's complicated by the fact yeah. that we've got the same albums in different orders. Fucking, do you know what I mean? Let's not dwell on it too much. Exactly. Is, don't think about it too much, Don't, people. Think, don't about think about it. it. Don't think about it. No. Uh, as before, we are going to be uh, letting you know what some of uh, some of the listeners, where, where some of the albums featured in some of our listeners' lists. We'll talk yeah. about some of that. Yeah. Also, in this episode, we'll be dropping in some little uh, sound bites that we've got from other podcasters, people that are involved in the world of music or, in some cases, horror movies, mm-hmm. uh, and just uh, finding out what they were listening to, uh, what so what their favourite albums of '93 are. Uh, I think we've got some good stuff there. Yeah, I really, uh, really appreciate the, those guys uh, helping us out and giving us their opinions. Yeah, we've got all those guys. We'll shout them out at the end. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Yeah, so look, let's let's do a, a quick recap of where we are. So we've all right. albums we've been through so far. We've been through a Crystal, your number ten, which well, was Afghan, Afghan Wigs, with gentlemen. Yep. Uh, my number ten, which was Monster Magnet Super Judge. Yep. Which was also your number. 
eight or seven. Okay, then we did. Uh, we didn't do my number nine because nope. uh, that we're doing that later on. We did my number eight, which was Primus Pork Soda. Uh-huh. My number seven, which was Sepultura Casa D, which, which was, was your, my number five, maybe something like yeah. that. Morphine, which was my number six. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Pain uh, Breeders, which was your number. My number four or five. Okay, something like that. So yeah, we really are all over the fucking shop with this, aren't sure, we? Again, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry it. about it. This, this Judgment was... Night, the original soundtrack. Yes, that was the, the what we finished part one with, with yeah. Judgment Night. And that was my number six, number five. Maybe. I can't, I can't Who remember. Knows? It doesn't really matter, does it? We'll, no. we'll put them on the website. Sure. Yeah, do yeah, that. Do yeah, that. Do that. Um, but yeah, these are all albums that we like. I mean, let's face it. They're albums that we've liked for 30 years, yes. 29 years. So yes, they've yes, just yes. survived. So, right. Let's crack on, shall we? Okay, we're going to do one that is on both of our lists. Uh, It's kind of further down mine. It's in the bottom half of mine, uh, but it's in the top half of yours, because you were more of a fan at the time of the album. I absolutely was, as you can find photographic evidence of on our website. Yes, you can. Uh, So, yeah, this is, uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Depeche Mode, Songs of Faith and Devotion. Um, Uh, Yeah, we did a whole episode on this. Yeah, we Uh, did. You know, we we had... uh, uh, a lovely guest on the episode as well, Rich Wilson came in. The amazing out. Rich Wilson, who was going to guest on this episode, and um, we kind of flaked on it. So yeah. if you listen to this, Rich, apologies. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, this is a terrific album. Uh, like I said, I wasn't as into it at the time. I knew the singles. Yeah. And I liked them, mm-hmm. and I especially liked uh, uh, I Feel You and Walking In My Shoes. Yeah. But I didn't really know the album. Um, and it was only really uh, later on that I was like, okay, this is all pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And it was only really whenever we did the full album or the full episode on it yeah. that I really dug in. Yeah. I mean, this is a, a brilliant, brilliant record. I, mm-hmm. I love it dearly. It's not my favourite Depeche Mode album. It's that's, uh, well, yeah, that's Violator. Right. Uh, but, you know, there's not much that separates it. You've, you you can hear exactly what I think about this record going back and listen to that episode. For sure. So I won't go too much into it, but this for me, it's a very confessional record. It, yeah, yeah, lots it's of that. A lot of regret, a lot of like come down pain. Yes. Oh, totally. But this is you know right in the middle of whenever Dave Gann is is full on drug monster, isn't it? Yeah. And and so there are many songs referencing drugs. There's also many songs referencing religion, mm-hmm. and so that those those cross over quite a lot. Uh, but the thing is, whenever you've got Gann doing his his kind of rock and roll Jesus backed by the rest of the band you know still at their peak really yeah uh, just making these songs mm-hmm. uh, it, that's a winner that is an absolute winner yeah this is this is uh, yeah a beautifully soulful record for for a band you know the, the, often the criticism of electronic music is that it's soulless it's sure. computer music and you know I I I, I defy you to find a more soulful record that was released in 1993. Right, sure. I mean, obviously, Dina Carroll, but... Um, <laughs> I don't know if Kenny Thomas had one out as well. But yeah, big big Kenny T. Yeah, sure. Yeah, love this record. Right. But, I mean, I've got loads to say about it, but I, I don't think it needs to be said right now. Uh, no, uh, this is the thing. Because we did the full episode on it, we, we really dug deep into every song on that and talked lots about kind of where you were at the time and uh, how big a fan you were. So yeah, go and listen to the full episode. But I mean, more more to the point, just going back and listen to this album again. Man. So we're, we're picking songs from it. I've gone with this, which is uh, in your room. Yes, which is a glorious, beautiful song. Um, it's terrific. Like, absolute live highlight. Uh, the last tour with the fucking great Anton Corbin video choreography. Right, sure. Oh, amazing, 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 amazing. Can't wait to see him next year. I know. Can't yes, yes, wait. we've got tickets. So you know, as long as everything goes right and. Uh, 
there's no other pandemics and no one else in the band dies. We're, we're in. We're in. Uh, but yeah, I've gone with, because it was on my list as well, I've picked a song and I've gone with Walking In My Shoes because it's just beautiful. Yeah. You know, um, I had heard I Feel You too many times to go, yeah, that's the one I want to you know, put into a playlist. But Walking In My Shoes is gorgeous. Well, yeah. I love I Feel I've You got as well. Anyway, oh, it's yeah. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, we did have quite a few people who had uh, that album uh, of our listeners who, who sent us in their lists who've got it in there. So we've got Mr. Corcoran. He's got it uh, in amongst other stuff like Something's a Ping, Casual Sex in the Cineplex. So, you know, it's up and down. Yeah. Uh, Martin Young. Good old Martin. Big uh, Martin. Martin has, has stereotypically gone with things like Janet Jackson and Mariah Carey as well because he's a big pop fan. He loves a bit of that. But... He has put Depeche Mode in in his top ten. So fair play to you, Mr. Martin. Phil Guthrie, uh, old friend of mine, he had to have Depeche Mode in. He's he looks the type that would just have Depeche Mode. That's, that's exactly what I would expect. And uh, DJ Mike the Trail has got Depeche Mode in the middle of his as well. And Sweet. He, he did have Zaropa as we referred to um, in the last one. And big up Mike Collins. Is that list is in there as well? Mike Collins' yep. list is uh, is a pretty good list. It's yeah. got the lemon heads in it though, which I'm not entirely convinced <laughs> by. Um, and and the Boo Radleys. Oh man, jellyfish! Fucking jellyfish! It's the only list with jellyfish. In that it. Is, yes, indeed. Yeah, that's a, a, a unicorn list there, or a unicorn band in a list there. Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's uh, move on to one of your choices. Yes, we're going into one that is on my list, but not yours. And similar to the breeders in part one, I think it's more because it just wasn't your thing at the time. I think you'd enjoy it. Uh, but James Laid, mm-hmm. and I didn't get into this at the time as well. I remember the the big singles. I remember sometimes. I remember Laid. They were in all the indie clubs every fucking week. You know, Laid especially every week, and they are amazing songs. I think they're some of the best James songs, and I love James. But I didn't get into the album straight away because of uh, a lot because of my snobbery, and I was kind of a few albums into James. And I was just looking for the new thing. Right. And so I was dismissive. I went, sure. all right, yeah, no, this is fine. This is good. But, you know, it's just James. And so I didn't uh, dig in. It was a couple of years later that I really heard it over and over and over and started to go, fucking what? This is a great, great album. Um, it has some of their best songwriting on it, I think. This song that's playing at the minute is the intro. It's out to get you. It's track one on there. And I put this on rather than any of the big singles because the build on this you know it starts off just so quiet and so gentle and it swells and soars and it goes into one of the just a classic tim booth james chorus and it's it's just it it sort of takes you up with it and i love that about it but the whole album is an absolute treat and it's not just like this and it's not just like the kind of the jingly jangly guitar thing that you might know from the singles there are some more electronic bits. There's some real kind of you know, stomp along chanting things. It's so, so well put together. Um, and I wish I'd got into it at the time because I think I, I would have gone and seen them, you know, on the tour if I'd known. But I didn't. And that's, you know, that's the way life goes. I've heard so many of these a million times, especially the, the big singles, but they still really resonate with me. Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of need to make a bit more time in my life for James because I'm, I'm listening to this now and I'm like, you know, this is this is right up my street. Oh um, yeah, I mean, stuff like this would be definitely. I, I yeah. you know, I, I love stuff like I love this kind of melancholic kind of build, lilting builds. Mm. Um, yeah, I, as I say, you know, I think when I worked in HMV, like the the, the greatest hits were was mm. on 
Uh, and I was like, oh, I like much more of the, uh, way more of these songs than I realised sure. I did. Um, and they're just always one of those bands that they were someone else's band. And they it's were, also very easy to dismiss them as, oh, they do, they're sit down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I knew them for. They were in yeah. that kind of wonder stuff category of for course, me. Of course. In that kind of, you know, slightly wacky kind of... Uh, students yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? no for sure I and mean, yeah if, if, if what you've heard over and over and over is sit down and then maybe laid and you know which is not novelty at all but it can be a little bit twee that's fair there is a lot more to James than that does more to James than this uh, but the other thing about this album and I suspect there's going to be a couple of other albums we'll talk about which you'll have the same relationship with this really viscerally reminds me of a certain time in my life yeah. you know there's I, I can visualise things when I hear these songs that I go fucking hell yeah that this era this year I can really you know see the people I was hanging out with and I can you know just feel being in the room with, with those guys and it's one of the ones that does that most to me out of all of the albums on this yeah list. I love that yeah, moments, just, man. that's I music love those yeah. moments, man. that's that, that that sense memory that's mm. just so much more like fucking poignantly visceral than anything else that you can do yeah yeah. and I don't understand what people that don't love music where they get that from sure maybe it's maybe it's football matches I don't know but true um, yep yeah Yeah, fuck it I love it man yeah right right, great choice man I I need to listen to it I I, 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 I wish I had more to no fair contribute I don't I'm afraid fair dues but the the only uh, only one other person of our listeners had this in their list and that's Cat uh, Cat Rose big up Cat hey Cat Um, so she's got it in hers but she's also got that up with East 17 yeah um, and Dennis Leary's new new cure for cancer apparently she was saying that just at the time that was one of the things she was listening to lovely and Levelers and Blur so you know it's it's very indie 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 and he's 17 and And Dennis Dennis Leary Leary, you know you know that's what we were all listening to at that point obviously yeah all right, well then, we're now on to one that was in both of our lists again. Okay. And this one, I wasn't sure if this was going to be your number one. No, and almost any other year it probably would have been, but for there's sure. a very, very good reason why it's not. Right. So, uh, this is Undertow by Tool. And for anyone who has never met Dave or never talked to Dave in a pub, you might not know that Tool is pretty much Dave's favourite band. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, and I, and I say that with the caveat of knowing that Tool fans are some of the most insufferable. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to lump yourself in with them. Yeah, yeah. but look, man, I, I mean, I, I heard this album in 1993. Um, oh, you did? So you were straight away on this? Yeah, I mean, right. like, I hadn't heard Opiate. I'm not OGT from uh, from 92 on the first EP. Right, sure. Uh, but someone had this. I, I, I mean, I saw the sober video. Yes, on Headbangers Ball. Right. Yeah. And I think I mentioned it to someone, and they had the album. This became a very big album within my little close knit group of friends, and I listened to this album a lot. And immediately, I was drawn in by just how fucking dark it was, mm. how introspective it was how just it wasn't as obvious there was a lot of angst-ridden personal politics out there and these were all slightly oblique more arty lyrics it reminded me uh, in some ways of like bands like Jane's Addiction Um, it just felt like there was something to think about there was there was a puzzle to solve you right put your head in there and you felt like okay this 
you've got to unpick this a little bit. You've got to commit something to it yep. to get something from it. And I really, really liked this record. And then, you know, I kind of, I started to listen to a lot of other stuff and, you know, kind of tall, they, they got less to the front of my list. Mm-hmm. And then Anima came out nice and six. fucking blew everything away. Right, sure. Absolutely blew everything away. And this, this is the thing, like for me, Undertow is a brilliant prelude to something fucking exceptional. Gotcha. Yep. And it's almost, it lives in the shadow of that record a little bit for me. But mm. whenever I go back to it, there's just moment upon moment upon moment that is incredible. Yeah. You know, I'd like to have heard it produced slightly differently. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think, I think there are some the way that drum kit sounds there are there are things that they discovered later in their career the way they got things to sound later on i, I would like to hear some of these songs That's recorded with some of those things in mind okay i do think the production on this album lets it down a little bit but not loads it's sylvia massey on this one mm-hmm. um starts off with intolerance then into prison sex which yeah. is you know they don't play prison sex anymore but it's fucking I mean, Did they do it at all? I don't think so I think, ah. I think it was uh, there's some kind of thing about Maynard's mum really didn't like it I think Shinji Parso don't oh, I see. do it alright and you know and I think maybe it's even a little bit on the nose for them these days as well because okay. it's got that fucking it's, you know, it's a song about the circle of abuse isn't it yes it's it is it's yeah. got some very very unpleasant visceral lyrics uh, in the middle of it certainly does um, sober Jesus Christ sober I mean hearing it right now yeah. you know still brilliant but then it's the album tracks that occasionally come out on set lists and every time one of those songs comes out like you go see him live and it's like a oh, fucking swamp song jesus christ right, went to see him the yeah. second night went to see him in london this year i played undertow yeah. and it's like you got four degrees on there you got um crawl away you got all of these songs that are just like you they're not tall songs that come to mind immediately sure yeah you hear them and you're like oh no that song in and of itself, just stands up completely. Like it's head and shoulders above 90% of rock bands out there. Yeah. And it's just an album track. Right, yeah. You know, and there isn't, you know, if you, if you take out kind of disgust to pay, you know, the tool was still very fond of doing the, the big kind of experimental kind of jokey mm-hmm. hidden track. And if you kind of take the cut disgust to pay it out of this, I'm sure there's some diehard fan that's going to tell me why I'm a dick for calling it a joke. Of course, song. because of the Tool fans. Of course, but there isn't a bad track on this record. Right, this started something that has lived with me for a very fucking, very long time. Love this record, dearly, dearly, dearly. One of my favourite records of all time, yep. really. Yep. I feel like I'm damning it with faint praise, but it's an amazing record. It's just not an emo. And that's well, no, no, uh, yeah. Very few things are. Yeah, but there you go. Um, whenever you say you heard it in '93 and you were into it straight away, mm. I'm trying to think: Did they tour over here before Anima, and did you want to? They them? did. I didn't. Um, my my friends went to see him. At, my friends went to see him at like the Roadmender and saw Jesus. him at the, like, like LA Two. Yeah, uh, and I didn't go to those shows. So I didn't. See, I didn't see. Um, I didn't see him properly until uh, Anima. Uh, okay, right. Like that. Were you at that show, the Astoria? No, I wouldn't have been at the first one. I, I think the first time I saw him was like 98 or something. Right, right. right. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, I've seen him like 16 right, times yeah. at this point. I don't <laughs> know, something like that. <laughs> Damn. Now, well, fair enough. But uh, Like I say, I thought that might be your number one because hmm. I know you're such a big fan. Uh, it was further down mine because I didn't hear it properly at all for hmm. years and years and years afterwards. Um, I knew Prison Sex and I knew Sober, 
but that was kind of it. I, it wasn't one of the, the albums that my mates were playing, so it wasn't on. And I don't think I even ever remember seeing the album in, in stores, but I wasn't looking for it. But anyway, so I, I missed the boat on that one. Going back to it, of course it's great. Of course it is. But this was a very Luton record as well, because right. one of the people that was into it as well was our friend Nick Zinanos, who's the DJ. Who's the DJ. Clubs, yeah. So we would hear these songs at the clubs as well. Yeah. So they kind of lived, and that's that's such a that's such a thing. I'd, I'd love to, you know, I'd love to hear from people about that. For people that were in their regional rock clubs, what were the songs? You know, yeah. Because there are some bands that are so big in one place. Yeah. And I had it with Tool when I, I moved from Luton to Dudley and went and sure. asked some, went to a rock club and asked a guy if he'd play it. And he's like, oh, no, it's a bit, Tool. A bit dark for here, mate. Right, and yeah. I was like, oh, right. I'm somewhere very, uh, I fucking hated it. Yeah. Um, you know, if you went to a rock club in London, you went to the Dome, Tufnell mm-hmm. Park, or mm-hmm. you went to like Shove It or whatever it was called in the 90s, you'd hear Life of Agony everywhere. Right. Never, never fucking heard that in Luton. Do you right. know what I mean? You, different places had oh. different. I mean, bands in, that, uh, Belfast, whenever I was going out in 92, 93, and, you know, some of it is obvious, that, like the early therapy songs yeah. were massive in Belfast because they were our boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember Monster Magnet Evil being played to a full floor. Yeah. Never heard it again in a club ever. Crazy. Unless I played it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. So it is. It, it's very dependent on who's in charge of that club at that time and what they like and what they de- de- decide to push. Yeah, so if you uh, if you had any of those moments, if you were if you if you yeah. lived in a regional club, just get in touch via Twitter or email or whatever. Let us know. know, man. I'd love to. Yeah. I'd love to read some of those out. Uh, well, we had loads and loads of people uh, had Tool on their list yeah. as well from our listeners. We've you know we've mentioned most people who've got it. Uh, your usual suspects, Ben Collins, etc. Always yeah. in there. Uh, we do have Jacob Gibbons, who uh, is the the guy from the US who does the videos about. Um, what it was like the first time you ever heard Rages Against the Machine yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, he got in contact and it, Tool is on one of his. Mm. It's on his list. Um, I, I kind of knew what his number one would be, but I, I wanted to know what the rest of it was going to be. He's gone with The The as well, uh, but he also has Breeders nice. Last Flash, so well, well played, sir. Thank you for getting in contact. But yeah, loads of people agreed with you on Tool being very high up in a no, lot I mean, of lists. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're one of those bands, man, aren't they? They've got a very, very feverish fan base. They absolutely do. So for song choices uh, for this, uh, you went with... I went with Sober, which is the one we just played uh, underneath us there. But you've gone with... I went with Prison Sex. Uh, we've got, you know... We've, we've, dirty, dirty boy. We've gone with, uh, we've gone with the, uh, the obvious choices here, I guess. Um, but... but I, I prison sex it had to be because it was the first one I heard sure and it's still one of my favourites it's like that song just resonates with me yeah I, that makes me sound like I got fucked as a, as a kid and I I didn't for the best part of my memories unlucky mate um yeah I'm just an ugly <laughs> child oh god trigger warning <laughs> yeah. oh god oh. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that song. I um, think it, it was it was an introduction to everything for me. It opened up something very important. Yeah. And uh, my anus. Yeah. Um, oh no, I've done it again. Done it again, Dave. Oh, fuck it. That's yeah. what that song's about. Oh no, I've done it again. I've done it again. Shit, blood, and come on my hands. hands. Fuck it. Two, two brilliant choices, let's face it. Yeah. Yeah, aren't we good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two brilliant choices there from us. <laughs> What a couple of oh, masterminds! God, we should we should definitely we should do a podcast. We should pick more songs. (Laughter) 
Hey Dave, hey Krista, it's uh, Gaz here from the Track 1 Soul 1 podcast. Uh, 1993 was an insane year for me, uh, the year I went to my first big gigs, the year I joined my first band, the year I got my heart broken. Aww. So yeah, there was like there was so many fucking incredible albums uh, released in 1993, you've got Phil Collins, Little Angels, Jamiroquai, the list is fucking endless, right? Uh, but the one for me that stands top of the charts is uh, The Wild Hearts, Earth versus The Wild Hearts. Uh, it'll always remind me of Endless Summers um, and playing Road Rash 2 while listening to this album constantly. Uh, my tape copy literally melted in the tape deck after being rinsed so fucking much. I mean, I've always adored, absolutely fucking adored the Wild Hearts, despite constantly uh, snatching defeat from the jaws of victory time and time again. Uh, I mean, Ginger Wilder is an absolute national treasure and one of the greatest songwriters this country has ever produced. Stick down with your fucking hype sticker. And uh, yeah, so that's my choice, guys. Uh, cheers to keeping me company in the van this year and onwards to 1994. And a bit of Chakademis and Pliers. Cheers, guys. All right, well, let's do the next one. And this is another one that is on both of our lists. We've done a full episode on it. So go and listen to that if you want to hear the full shebang. But Nirvana's in utero yeah so we did a whole episode on this we talked at length about it um won't recap too much uh, yeah sure yeah if you uh, if you want the kind of the pot notes on it i think this obviously this is the the third album the second kind of major label album yeah. this is the one that came out with the weight of the success on it exactly uh produced by steve albini so which was a very kind of a contrary choice at the time sure. for the label in a lot of ways I think this is their most successful record, my favourite Nirvana record. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. It's it's full of light and shade. It's full of brilliant production, brilliant songwriting. Um, it's raw as fuck. It's a, yeah, that's the, the thing. The biggest band in the world putting something out like this. It's a remarkable, remarkable thing. Um, and it makes me nothing but sad that we didn't get to see more. Oh, mate, this is this is such a a tragedy that the suggestion of where they might have been going was evident in this record but we never got to hear it yeah, yeah. so you know it is what it is um, it, it's not a, a left field or edgy no 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 pick uh, Th- this but, was nearly my number one it, I was between my number one and two and they swapped around this was I've ended up with this as my number two for me again the fact that In Utero or Undertow aren't yeah. my number one is just this was such a great year right and you know i'm well aware that whatever you know i mean i'm at this point in 1993 i'm 17 i turn 18 yeah and i think for most people the year they're 17 and 18 is probably the best year of music in their life yeah you always you know kind of fasten on to that don't you absolutely i mean i think objectively when we look at these years and we look at what has endured Mm -hmm. I think objectively, from a music pantheon point of view, th- these were some exceptional times. You know, you're, oh mate, we're not we're not getting you know like 2002 hasn't produced this many classic albums that people are still talking Seriously, about. Seriously, whenever I put that list together to put up for people to look at and see what they wanted to pick out as yeah. their favourites, it is a huge list. It's, mm. it's massive, and it is just wall to wall. Oh my god, that album. Oh, that's a still a classic. People still talk about this one. Mm-hmm. Hugely influential stuff. And it's, you know, it's over a hundred records. 
So yeah. more than two every week. You're talking mm-hmm. about coming out that are massive, massive records. It's a great, it's a great yeah. year. But yes, yeah, so, okay. So that was your number two. It was Indeed. my number three. Indeed. And so song wise, you chose "Dumb," which is the one we heard, and I am going to put on Tourette's. Uh, great, because. It was one that we didn't pick. Whenever we did the episode, um, I didn't pick it because we just did a couple of different ones. We went one of some some others that we agreed fully, fully mm-hmm. upon. But I fucking love Tourette's. Oh, it's mate, always been it's a, great a classic favourite. It's a great song. Also, loads and loads of the listeners included the Nirvana record in their lists. Uh, again, we've mentioned loads of people who've already had it, but we haven't said Andy B. Uh, got in touch on Twitter. He's got it in his. Alongside Slow Dives, Sublaki, uh, and Liz Fairs, Exile in Guyville, and Stereolab. So you know, stereo lab. Yeah, boy, he's, he's gone full on across the board there. But he's also got Nirvana, and uh, Rob Middleton. He's only given us a top three, but he's got Nirvana at number one on there, and then Bjork and the Levelers. I mean, I'd say Nirvana was probably the most popular choice of anything. If we were doing a readers list, yeah, maybe so. I mean, apart from, I mean, apart from the fact that we'd have to do multiple votes for Fugazi's in on the kill taker by very Nolf. true. Uh, no, Bakewell. Well, anyway. and, yeah, exactly. Some people give us fives and some people give us ten, so it's, yeah, it's exactly. impossible to co- to look at. But yeah, casting an eye across, Nirvana is probably one of the very, very top ones. Hi, this is Cliff from the Devil Times Five Horror Podcast. Dave and Krista have mentioned me a few times on Pop Collaborator Listen, generally accusing me of only ever listening to Benga Boys, Scooter and Two Unlimited, which is absolutely untrue because I don't really like Two Unlimited. Though I did see them live a few years ago and they were really good. <laughs> they were already doing 10 or 15 minutes set, but you know. Anyway, my favourite album of 1993 was, is and forever shall be in utero by Nirvana. Uh, basically for the same reasons that Dave and Chris gave it in their special episode about it. Um, do not listen to the remastered version. It is rubbish and wrong. I need that Steve Albini rawness and you do too. Um, other contenders for my number one include Poor, Typo Negative, Reviting Cox, The Judgment Night soundtrack, Wild Hearts, Anthrax, Wu-Tang Clan, Sepultura, Snoop Doggy Dog. All great 1993 albums that I still listen to today. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Keep listening to PCL. Give my podcast Devil Times 5 a go. Uh, Dave guests on an episode talking about horror superheroes. Thanks, guys. See you soon. So now, okay, so... Your number one is on my list, so we're going to talk about that in a minute. Yes. So my number one, um, if you if you know me at all, uh, it, and you've been doing a bit of a process of elimination, it won't be a surprise. Uh, if you don't, and why would you, uh, after <laughs> all? It's uh, Slip by Quicksand. And I do know how big a band this is for you. They yeah, man. Huge I mean, look, for you. This, is, this is just an album that I never ever ever get bored of yeah. and i listen to this album a lot right in in this is probably my most listened to album really uh, it's i'd say probably my second favorite album of all time okay okay uh and these songs just spoke to me and continue to speak to me kind of when i first heard it it was mixing that kind of hardcore sound that i loved obviously reminiscent of fagazi who i liked as well but it had mm-hmm. a slightly more poppy aesthetic to it in a way mm-hmm. but as with every band that I love it's all in the rhythm section you know you've got this kind of I mean Sergio Vega I love his bass lines I love the work that and he that did it's very bass forward this yeah. song that we're hearing and I, and I loved what he did in Deftones went on to do right, that yep. fucking bouncy great bass and got a really fucking strong drummer under there as well and then you've got these kind of uh, great rhythm parts great lead parts as well so much of it to me though was about Walter Shreefalls and his like just this vocal delivery that he does here it's unlike yeah. anything that he's 
really done since he was really kind of going for it. Okay. These are such impassioned vocal lines and just bits and pieces of lyrics here and there. That was, that was it. It was not even about whole songs and sitting down reading and pouring through the lyrics. It was about sound bites that caught me oh, yeah. and just kind of set off things in my mind. And, you know, I sat down recently with, with Gaz from um, Track One Side One Podcast and we talked about this album a lot and I've realised as I've gone on that so many of the lyrics here really relate to an ADHD mindset. Oh, and okay. they're, they're they're songs about fitting in and songs about feeling different to other people and not understanding why the way you perceive the world feels different. And I look back at it and I go, "Of course, this is why I related to this." Hmm. Um, I mean, the playing on this record is incredible. The, the the riffs on this record the songs the compositions there's just nothing about this record that i don't like right uh, it still inspires me it makes me it takes me back to a time when i feel young yeah i feel one of these records i can put this on if i've had a few beers and i put it on headphones and i just feel fucking like I'm, i want to sing every word glorious you know like when they got to back together in 2015 because I, I i saw them Supporting the offspring, I never saw them do a headline show first oh, wow, time around. Okay. And when they got back together, I was so worried that they wouldn't bring it over here or it wouldn't be good over here because they didn't have quite the following that they did in the states over here. You know? Oh, were they bigger over there? They were bigger in the states, right. yeah, bigger in the alternative scene in the states. And I was so worried that it wouldn't be good mm. that I flew to Chicago to see one of the shows. Yeah. You know, and it was one of the best moments of my life. I was just my, my mate Darren went with me, yeah. and we just fucking. So I sang every word of every song Brilliant. at the front of the gig. Just and just every I turn everywhere I turned, there was someone else doing the same thing. Another forty-year-old white man. Yeah, just catch each other's eyes. Yeah. Never met, and would just be like, "Fuck, this is happening!" Right, and it was the best. Oh, right? that is great. Just yeah. the. Fucking best, man. Mm. I, look, I love this band. They were never, ever this good again, right? Okay, right. Like, um, second album, Manic Compression, is great. It's got some great moments. They came back. Interiors is fine. Okay. The, the last record they just did, Distant Population, I really like it. They've, obviously, they've, they've gone from being a, a four-piece to a three-piece. One of the guitarists had a few problems sure. drugs-wise. Sure. Uh, they've recently been touring with Stephen Brodsky of Cave-In. I am always interested to see what they do. I mean, I saw them earlier this year in Boston with, with of Clutch. Of course you did. It Clutch was that, Helmet. Yeah, yeah. That ridiculous lineup. Right? Um, but th- this record, I would advise you, if you've never heard this record, to seek it out and to dig in past it, to just check out some of the hooks, some of the riffs. Yeah. Give it some time. It is a beautiful, beautiful record. My favourite record that came out in this year by a decent it wasn't margin. even close yeah. no it was it was right. never going to be anything else I it was see. never going to be anything else okay. um I, I i you know as i say i my my life wouldn't be the same without this record wow. it's, it's that that it's that important to me well it really is it's it's, it's, a, it's a fundament it's a cornerstone of my life this record and i fucking love it fair play dude there you fair go play uh we only had one i think uh listener uh, include it in there. Is it Jarrett? Dapier? No, no, we had a couple. Oh, did we have a couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Collins. It's on Mike oh, Collins. Oh, sorry. It's on yeah, Mike Collins' list. It's on it's Darren's in, list. Uh, on Darren's on, on list. I've kind of crossed out by now. Then. Uh, oh yeah, it is. It's Darren's as well. Um, yeah, yeah Jarrett Dapier. Jarrett uh, is on there alongside. Again, we've got a Slow Dive on there. It's super Chunk, uh, and he's also got Wu Tang and Tribe Called Quest, which are ones that we had in our hip hop. And I tell you what, this well. this is another one of those records where it was 
if the DJ in your local area was playing Dying Alone, which right. is a single, which yeah. is a thing, then you were probably investigating this band and finding out a bit more about this band. Right. If they were, they just didn't have a following over here, and that's and that's the other thing I like about it. If it's it, it's a band that's felt like my secret for. A I long had never time. heard of them until you probably told me about them five years after this, mate. They this didn't know at all. It's a glorious, glorious. Band. And the song that we just played is the one that you're putting into the playlist. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's called Head to Wall. Head to Wall, and it could have been any of them, man. I mean, right, I, was, I, I, I sat there going through it, and I was like. Uh, shall I put Phaser or shall I put mm. Head to War? Shall I put Dying Alone? Shall I put Slip? You know, it, it could have been any of those songs. Gotcha. There is not a bad song on that record. Hello there. Yeah, it's uh, me, Stephen Hill from the True Cult Pop podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Sam Slight. How you doing, Sam? I'm well, thank you, Steve. How the devil are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks, Dave Christa, for asking me and Sam to do a little bit on 1993 and our favourite albums of 1993. An interesting year. I mean, look, you know, when we go through the albums that that came out that year, I think it's um, some amazing ones. You know, there are great records that came out in all different genres. You've got, you know, 36 Chambers, um, Enter the Wu-Tang came out that year. Got Midnight Marauders by Tribal Quest in hip-hop, like the two fucking great albums. Siamese Dream Versus by Pearl Jam. Uh, In Utero by Nirvana came out that year as well. Last Splash by The Breeders, all in that kind of alternative rock thing. Modern Life is Rubbish by Blur, sorry Dave. Uh, In kind of the big huge kind of arena pop bands you've got Zuropa by U2 mm-hmm. and I've spoken about the kind of the last great U2 album Songs of Faith and Devotion by Depeche Mode self-titled The Wedding Album by Duran Duran the one with uh, Come Undone and Ordinary World and they're brilliant brilliant um, albums Debut by Bjork I know they don't really like that but that is still really good in metal you've got Soul Searching sorry not Soul Searching Soul Searching Sun River Runs Red I should say yes, yes. Life of Agony came out that year don't know why I said Soul Searching Sun it's my favourite um Chaos AD by Sepultura, Bloody Kisses by Type of Negative. I absolutely fucking love that record. Mm. Um, you got Carcass, Heartwork is brilliant. Wolverine Blues by Entombed, so influential in you know the 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 last decade of sort of crusty rumbling D beat hardcore. Most of that inspired by Wolverine Blues. I was very very close to picking that. It's a, a great record. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's footprint on yeah hardcore and like death and roll like cavell attack and stuff like that as well i mean i suppose that comes maybe a little bit later with to ride shoot straight and street speak the truth but yeah wolverine blues fucking brilliant absolutely massive and um the biggest selling death metal album ever made covenant by morbid angel came mm. out that year as well like another really really great record so it was a good year like it was a good year but i have picked hope you don't mind me going first sam not at all know. i picked uh slip by quicksand is my favorite now Quicksand are one of the all-time should have been massive bands, I think. Because in 93, when grunge was happening, and then you kind of... It was almost a moment where post-hardcore stroke emo looked like it was going to be a big deal. And I think if it was going to be a big deal at that point, Quicksand were going to be the band that did it. This came out on Polydor, so it came out on a kind of subsidiary of, uh, of of a major label. And that kind of melding of New York hardcore alternative rock and I mean there's a Smiths cover on the bonus track of this record and that kind of like Johnny Marr Morrissey that kind of romantic poeticism I think is amazing and there is just something about this record which 
still to this day, I can't believe that not everybody in the world knows a song like Dine Alone, which is just yeah. phenomenal. Everything on this record feels like it should have appealed to anyone who had any interest in interesting, forward-thinking, emotionally open guitar rock music at that point. It's a it's a brilliant record. It's such a brilliant record. Everything on it. It's 39 minutes. It's basically a perfect 39 minutes. What a band they are. Amazing. That would be my pick. What's yours, Sam? Uh, mine is also a debut LP released in the year of our Lord, 1993. I've gone for Undertow by Tool. Yeah. Do you know what? I deliberately didn't mention that because I thought that would be what you picked. To be yeah. Honest, but we're, we're, yes. We, yeah. we were talking beforehand and it was like, oh, what's the best album of 1993? And it, I mean, basically it is in utero, but I think neither of us wanted to talk about that because it's been done so many times before, in, including by Dave and Krista in a fantastic episode of yeah. Collaborate and Listen uh, a little while back, um, which I thought was an excellent one. So I think rather than mm. retread that ground, let's talk about some quite up itself prog rock. But is it really? And is it more just kind of alt metal? And are they all just having a laugh um yeah i love undertow to be fair i would probably rank bottom in terms of tool lps but that's the strength of tools output that i still think this is one of if not the best album of 1993 i think it's absolutely fantastic um i was lucky enough to see them for the first time in 2019 i they they announced a european tour but they weren't doing any uk dates so i was like well i don't know if they're ever actually going to come here so i went over to prague basically for about 24 hours to go and see them and they did Intolerance live. And I was like, fuck me, this song's so good. It's so heavy. And in amongst the kind of more lengthy and ponderous material that they'd go on to do with Lateralis and 10,000 Days, getting something as concise and just angry and riffy as Intolerance, it's fantastic. And then obviously Prison Sex and Sober, the two big singles. I mean, Adam Jones's stop motion animation that makes up the video for Prison Sex is so disturbing, so horrible. It is a great shout and it's a brilliant record. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's a good year. It is a good year. You know, In on the Kill Taker by uh, Fugazi and Pork Soda by Primus, the darkest Primus album. Fucking brilliant. Love it. Might stick My Name is Mud on after we finish this. Okay. Well, we finished now. That's oh, it. Okay, I'll Thanks do it very now, much, guys. We'll see, see you next year for, ni- fuck me, 1994. It's like every album was brilliant, basically, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. See you then. All right. Well, look, we're nearly at the end of this. We've got one more to go. But before we do that, um, I made a list again of the top 10 and have you checked it twice twice uh, the best-selling singles of uh, 1993 are they naughty or nice awful awful terrible there's two different ones because there's the best-selling singles that i did and then there's also i put a twitter poll out um of all the number yes, one did. singles. yes you did you opened yourself Sorry. up to the twitter because uh, there were only 16 uh, number one songs in 1993 mostly because you know people like meatloaf and whatever and Whitney yeah. Houston were there for ages. Mm-hmm. Only 16. And so I put out uh, a poll to see which one people voted for as the best. And it came back. Some people were voting for Mr. Blobby. So I don't think it was taken entirely seriously. Well, you think you you put a free to win a no barriers poll on the internet. You think yeah. people won't take that seriously? No, I'm disgusted. Uh, uh, the, the number one song is Boaty McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it came back that the, the, list, the, the voters on Twitter... Voted the best song as Meatloaf's I Would Do Anything For Love, But I Don't Do That. Yeah. Which, frankly, cannot have been the best number one song. I'll be honest with you. I don't think anyone's vote counts unless they send us a video of them listening to it five times in a row. Oh, God. Yeah. That, yeah. You don't deserve to be able to uh, With a close-up on your face, because your eyes will betray you. 
But the top 10 best-selling singles, and let's just go through these and we can decide which one's the best and which one's the worst between you and me. Mm-hmm. Right, so the, the top one is Meatloaf. That was the best-selling single of the year. I yep. definitely love. Number two is UB40's I Can't Help Falling In Love With You. Well, it's not that. Fucking shocking. I mean, it's just, it's, 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 I can cannot say, be that. It, it, whatever the opposite of that is, right. it's, it's that. Fine. Take. Uh, Ace of Bass is at number three with All That She Wants. Which is a song ruined by the fact they're Nazis. Yeah, that is a shame. <laughs> that you is know, a shame. That is a shame. Uh, Two Unlimited, No Limits. Number four, Gabrielle Dreams, number five, Mr. Blobby with Mr. Blobby, well, which apparently was the first ever eponymous number one single. There's well, a fact for you. Yeah, okay. But goddamn, that's awful. Shaggy, oh Carolina. I mean, I'm going with that. Right, so far. <laughs> Hadaway, what is love? What is it? Did he ever find out? Uh, I don't think he did. Okay. No, um, but that was the only one in this list that was never a number one. Mm. It got to number two. All the rest actually hit number one in the charts. This was only number two. Uh, Culture Beat, Mr. Vane. And Whitney Houston, I will always love you. I mean, those are some mostly awful songs. They are really, really quite dreadful. Of those songs, yes. I would say I like, I would do anything for love. Uh-huh. And Oh Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. Particularly right. the Ross Bomber Clark mix. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I I think uh Hadaway's What Is Love is, is good fun. It's good silly fun. I do like all that she wants. I don't like as much as the sign by mm. Base, but I think it's okay. Uh but if I had to pick one, it's probably gonna be Hadaway. And that's a fucking shocker. I mean, that is bad. That's isn't it? awful. But I think I'm safe in saying that the the worst one is Mr. Blobby, Mr. Blobby. Oh yeah, no, that, it's, that, it's just like the novelty shit of it. Is it worse? Is it worse than UB40 though? Uh, I would rather listen to UB40 than Mr. Blobby. It, yeah, but let's let's go. Is is a cynical cash grab work uh-huh. that's that bad worse yeah. than a genuine artistic attempt that's <laughs> that bad? <laughs> Which one is the genuine artistic attempt? By the way? I'm not sure. Is it Blobby? But I'm fairly sure Mr. Blobby is in one of the new versions of UB40. I fucking can't help. Oh dear. No, it has to be. It has to be Mr. Blobby because Noel Edmonds is involved. Oh, I see. Fuck Noel Edmonds. Yeah, yeah. Is it extra badness. Yeah, yeah. Now, it, a dreadful year for big selling singles, as we. Oh, call terrible it. man, you know, terrible. For, I mean, Pete, how do you feel about Whitney Houston's? Uh, I was love you. Yeah, I, I think it's terrific. The the thing that puts me off saying that it's higher up is because it was released in ninety two. It was the end of ninety two and went into ninety three. That's why it was. I I, I, I love that it's a technicality. But that's that's why it's also only at number ten in the best selling things because it had about two months of ninety two that you couldn't count. Wow. Yeah. Right. Okay. okay. Let's um, let's finish this fucker off. I guess. Right. Okay. So this is your number one album. It's my number one. It's my number nine album. Indeed. So Thanks. it's it's much it's lower down on the list for me. And this yep. is this is the album that nearly didn't make my list. Funnily enough. Indeed. And I had to uh, I had to have a word with myself. I see. So, um, do you want to tell the people what okay. it is? It is Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins. And hmm. so whenever you say you have to have a word with yourself, did you initially just go, well, I can't, I'm not having that because it's too obvious? Yeah, right. I've had an on-off relationship with the Smashing Pumpkins. Yep. Um, when the first, first, one first kind of came out, I struggled with Billy Corgan's voice. Okay. Uh, quite a bit. Yep. Um, friends of mine were really into this, and I was like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not the Pumpkins guy. Right. I'm not into it." This album in particular wore me down uh-huh. to the point where, like, the big hooks, I I came to love. Right. And again, this is an album that of everything on the list, I don't really go back to this as an album. If I'm mm-hmm. going back to this, I go back to singles. Oh, fine. Right. Yep. 
I go back to you know I go back to disarm I go back to cherub rock I go back to um, do you know what I mean I go back to uh, rocket hover. yeah rocket hover. Yep. those songs right yep but by applying the same criteria that I applied to Judgment Night those songs are strong enough that this makes my list I see uh, okay. so I don't love this album as a whole piece fine although it is although you know I, I have good memories of it holding up like from the days mm. when I listened to it as an album um, but the high points of it are great but I find it interesting as well you know, if, if you say that you go back to the singles uh, for me because I was very into this and that's yeah. why it's my number one you know I cannot say that it is a better album than In Utero, for example. Yeah. But I would be lying if I said that this wasn't the one I listened to the most this sure. year. In 93, this fucking killed me, this album. Because, as I've said in the In Utero episode, that took me a while to get into. That took some work. That took a lot of repeated listens. I was instantly, you know, from the opening drums of Cherub Rock, track one, I was like, in. So hard on this album. So you, you wouldn't have got me to say that I liked this album until about 1995, 1996. Okay. All right. Now, I was, it was in from the start, but because I listened to it over and over and over, the singles were some of the least uh, uh, of my favourites. And so I don't go back to the singles. Cherub Rock, I will uh, absolutely make an exception for yeah. it. I think it's fucking incredible. But the singles are not the big ones for me. This one that's playing at the minute, Geek USA, mm-hmm. I, I remember jumping about my bedroom to this and doing air drums till my shoulders were sore because I, it got me so fucking so great see again I see, I know this song well mm. I couldn't have told you what it's called right and that's, but, that, that's where I am with this record sure but for, yeah exactly for me the Geek USA Silver Fuck is another one a real kind of rock heavy one mm. where Jimmy Chamberlain is just going off I mean that's the, that's the thing about this record Jimmy Chamberlain oh, is my a God. fucking beast Jesus Christ so those ones I, I loved but then it also has like Soma and Mayonnaise, mm. the really slow, beautiful ones. And, you know, Soma especially, where it's the classic grunge thing of slow, slow, crashing yeah, yeah, with the big yeah. guitars, you know, hit the pedals. But it does it so brilliantly and beautifully. Those were the ones I was listening to, and I, I fell in love with it so hard. And so this is the album of, of her 1993 for me. In the same way that uh, Quicksand probably got you, this fucking got Yeah, me. sure, man. Uh, I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. And... I was fervent about, oh, Smashing Compunkins are the best band around at the minute. They're only going to be getting bigger and better, which turned out not to be so true for me. Or at least this is their peak. Sure. Uh, this is, not the, not the peak, sorry. Gish is their peak. This is their commercial peak, and it's got some classic stuff on it. But after this, they fell off kind of hard for me. I think there's some stuff on Melancholy, which is very good, but there's so much that is Average. Interesting. Funnily enough, what I think is really interesting yeah. is we go back to last week. Yeah. Um, your number one hip hop record. Yeah. Was Cypress Hill Black Sunday. Absolutely. And I think you can almost mirror that with uh, Cypress Hill and uh, and Smashing Pumpkins. Their journey oh, in yeah, terms yeah, of yeah, albums, the, well, like Cypress f- Hill to Black Sunday. Yeah. F- 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 first album, innovative, blows your mind. Yeah. Fucking great. Template. Second album is. A, a, almost a, a, a more polished rework. A, a distillation, yeah. Yeah. Third album, overblown. Yeah. Too ponderous in places. Could have done with <laughs> a load of editing. Very like, true. Do you know what I mean? That's Absolutely. kind of the. That's the trajectory of it. That's the, the trajectory of it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Um, and then you know. Uh, and, and then and drugs fucked them both up. And, and then and then four the the fourth record both kind of uh, slight departure. Interesting. Both albums have their have their fans. I'm funnily enough 
quite a, de- a reasonable fan of both of their fourth albums. Really? Adore? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Adore, Adore and Cypress Hill 4. Right. Um, but I'm in the, in the minority on those. Yeah, so, sure. you know, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think I, that's just my observation, but I think that's quite interesting. I, I, I like it. That, that works yeah, well for me. As I say, I, I think, you know, Smash Passing Pumpkins were a band who I took against for reasons that I'm not entirely sure about. A, a lot of them, I think, were around Billy Corgan's voice. Well, the thing is, if you take against them because of Billy Corgan, you're entirely right. The guy's an arsehole. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't but, even aware of him really at that time. No, he wasn't uh, getting as much. Co- he wasn't really getting that much coverage in stuff I was reading. But and it wasn't as evident. He, he wasn't as overtly arsehole back then. Yeah, um, but it, it, there was just something about the songs that they, they right. I didn't like them as much, but. They wore me down. Yeah, they enough. wore me down. You know, I was like, okay, yeah, I love this song. You know, there's, there's a certain yeah. point you get to where just facts you overtake admit, your so, bullshit. Oh, this yeah. is all right. And, you know, and it was a hard admitting as well because I'd, I'd gone in pretty hard in that I thought they were shit. Uh, and you can. You can set yourself up as, oh, he's the guy that doesn't like pumpkins. Yeah, for sure. Very and much then so. if you do go, well, then, yeah, you're losing face a little so, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, the Boris Johnson of grunge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> You know, I, I'm definitely not going to change my mind on this. Mm. And here we are again. Oh. Anyway, so look, that look, 1993, mm. it's been a weird year for the podcast. It's, mm-hmm. it's taken us a long time to get through 1993. Um, uh, and we've had some high points, yeah. which have made it in here. And we've had some very, very low points. Oh, God, they're, some of the worst albums we've ever done have been in this season. For me, the start, like the reason we started this podcast was we had this idea that these are the years that we say are the most important for us for music, mm-hmm. uh, but we weren't listening to what the mainstream was. And yeah. I, I don't, think, don't think we've had a year yet where the contrast has been starker, where you go... There is this amazing buffet available. You're yeah. on, on on this table over here, you've got like exotic, fresh, perfectly ripe fruit. You've got perfectly cooked, ex- you know, rare cuts of meat, uh-huh. the best cuts. Food prepared by the greatest chefs in the world yep. over here. Yep. And then over here, you've just got like a load of fucking pies that some cunts microwaved. Yep. And the British public are just like, give me those pies, yeah, sure. give me those yeah. pies. Greg's are a massive uh, chain. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's like all of this stuff is out there, but these records are what people are buying. And it's... Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, when you look through, the only ones that we've had to do that were number ones that are, that I would say fit in with what we would have in our top tens are realistically Nirvana, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh I mean some people had a U two in there. Depeche mode is the other obvious one. And maybe, you know, to an extent Lenny Kravitz and Suede. We didn't have them in our top tens, but they kind of fit the mould a bit. Sure, but you know, but, that, that's an indie rock mode, but you know, there have been surprises along the way as well. Oh sure. You know, the the Mariah Carey album. What a surprise. Really good album. Oh, yeah. ne- didn't expect at all to like that. No, very pleasantly surprised by the Janet Jackson one. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. excellent stuff. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's been an interesting year. It yeah. really is. It's. I, I'm really interested to see what happens in 94. 94 is going to be weird. I mean, I've looked a little bit ahead of 94. We've, yep. It, it's, not, it's not an entirely You're easy gonna, road. No, it really isn't. You're going to come up against some, some very harsh... Brick walls of albums. I feel for you. Yeah, I mean, you've you've heard you've heard on this podcast from uh, our pal Stephen Hill from uh, True Occult Pop. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be joining us for uh, an episode of Shakademus and Pliers. Imagine this. Can you imagine? Good God. I mean, that that motherfucker had better be bringing a big shield. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dear me. Oh man. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so look, '93. What a what a wild ride, man. I've it's I've been great. I have thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed doing it with you, my friend. As oh, always. it's been absolute terrific fun. It really uh, has. And, like, bizarrely, I think we've like tripled our listenership in yeah. over the course of 1993. So to every one of you guys out there that has joined us on this journey through 1993, thank you. We'll be back in 1994, early in 2023. Indeed, yeah. Whenever we can get ourselves uh, back up and running. I'm hopeful that, our, that my schedule is going to be a little bit more relaxed next year. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to uh, be a little bit more regular. We but, shall see. But we shall see. I've, yeah. I've, I've said that before and I've been wrong. So, yeah, true But, you know, we keep on trucking. Yes. Anyway, guys, thank you, as always. Wish you, uh, if you are listening to this uh, upon release, mm-hmm. uh, we wish you Pre-Christmas. a... Pre-Christmas. Very fucking Merry Christmas. Yeah, Great man. New Year. Hope everything that you want comes true. Uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, I, I hope you use it as an excuse to just get fucked up anyway oh, if you don't food, get fucked up and you don't drinks. celebrate christmas uh, why are you listening to this podcast, why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. I, I, maybe this is what you do instead we're big among the mormons yeah there yeah. are a lot of mormons that like us yeah, true. um yeah so thank you so much though guys um we will be back with the same old shit really lovely right nice one thank you very much indeed see you later see you later Thank you for checking out this episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. It was produced and edited by us, for which we can only apologise. We're on Twitter, at PCL Podcast, on Instagram, also at PCL Podcast, and facebook.com slash PCL Podcast. All of these, plus links to our various Spotify playlists, etc., are on our website, which is PCLPodcast.com. Please feel free to get in contact via any of the social media or on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. Hello there. Yeah, it's uh, me, Stephen Hill, from the True Cult Pop podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Sam Slight. How you doing, Sam? I'm well, thank you, Steve. How the devil are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks, Dave, Krista, and all of the pop collaborate and listen listeners. Actually, none of the listeners invited us onto the show. I don't know why I'm thinking them, but well, they're probably you know, lovely, aren't they? So that's why they probably are. Yeah. yeah, they're probably very nice. Hey, uh, thanks to the guys for asking me and Sam to do a little bit on 1993 and our favourite albums of 1993. Here's a fun fact for you listening: I was 13 when um, this time period happened for most of it. Two months, I was at 12, actually, because my birthday was in March. Oh, anyway, what a funny but, story. But uh, how old were you in 1993, Sam? Uh, minus one. <laughs> Imagine being not born. <laughs> Pathetic. How embarrassing for you. You young twat. <laughs> you young moron. Oh. So um, we've been asked to pick our favourite album from 1993, and you weren't even alive, you sad idiot. What are you doing? What are you going to do? Oh. You must not know anything about this. I mean, that's the problem. Like, As far as I'm concerned, March 28th, 1994 was the start of existence, Humanity. basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a yeah. kind of extremely fundamentalist creationist. Good. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got plenty of evidence to, to prove that that wrong. Um, Disagree. No, no, 1993 is... An interesting year. I mean, look, you know, when we go through the albums that that came out that year, I think it's um, it's some amazing ones. But I don't usually sort of think to myself like, oh, you know, when we did 92 and I, I mean, God, they've got 94 next, which is a, an all-time classic landmark year Definitely. in music, I think. And, you know, you can look at 91, 92, 94. 93 does feel like a slightly bit of an odd one out um, in comparison to those other years. But you think, you know, there are great records 
that came out in all different genres. You've got, you know, 36 Chambers, um, Enter the Wu-Tang came out that year. You've got Midnight Marauders by Tribal Quest in hip-hop, like the two fucking great albums. Siamese Dream Verses by Pearl Jam. Uh, in Utero by Nirvana came out that year as well. Last Splash by The Breeders, all in that kind of alternative rock thing. Modern Life is Rubbish by Blur, sorry Dave. Uh, in kind of the big huge kind of arena pop bands you've got Zeropa by U2 mm-hmm. and I've spoken about the kind of the last great U2 album Songs of Faith and Devotion by Depeche Mode self-titled The Wedding Album by Duran Duran the one with uh, Come Undone and Ordinary World and they're brilliant brilliant um, albums debut by Bjork I know they don't really like that but that is still really good in metal you've got Soul Searching sorry not Soul Searching Soul Searching Sun River Runs Red I should say yes, yes. Life of Agony came out that year don't know why I said Soul Searching Sun it's my favourite um Chaos AD by Sepultura, Bloody Kisses by Type of Negative. I absolutely fucking love that record. Mm. Um, you got Carcass, Heartwork is brilliant. Wolverine Blues by Entombed, so influential in you know the 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 last decade of sort of crusty, rumbling D beat hardcore. Most of that inspired by Wolverine Blues. I was very very close to picking that. It's a, a great record. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it's footprint on yeah hardcore and like death and roll like Cavell attack and stuff like that as well I mean I suppose that comes maybe a little bit later with to ride shoot straight and street, speak the truth but yeah Wolverine Blues are fucking brilliant absolutely massive and um, the biggest selling death metal album ever made Covenant by Morbid Angel came mm. out that year as well like another really really great record um, so it was a good year like it was a good year but I have picked I hope you don't mind me going first Sam not at all know, being as I was actually was alive during all that but <laughs> i picked uh slip by clicks quicksand is my favorite now quicksand are one of the all-time great kind of should have been massive bands i think because in 93 when grunge was happening and then you kind of it's almost a moment where post-hardcore stroke emo looked like it was going to be a big deal. And I think if it was going to be a big deal at that point, Quicksand were going to be the band that did it. This came out on Polydor, so it came out on a kind of subsidiary of uh, of, a, of a major label. And that kind of melding of New York hardcore, alternative rock, and, I mean, there's a Smiths cover on the bonus track of this record. And that kind of, like, Johnny Marr, Morrissey, that kind of romantic poeticism... I think is amazing and there is just something about this record which still to this day I can't believe that not everybody in the world knows a song like Dine Alone which is just phenomenal I mean Phaser the opening track I want to see the damn things Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die the two geezers from uh, Fall Out Boy and Scott Ian from Anthrax Mm. Rob Canagiano from Volbeat their band Right, and they covered Phaser, and they did not do it anywhere near as well as the Quicksand original. To give you an idea of how great they are, like just everything on this record feels like it should have appealed to anyone who had any interest in interesting, forward-thinking, emotionally open guitar rock music. At that point, it's a it's a brilliant record it's such a brilliant record and i mean you know they've got four albums i think all of them are fantastic in their own right i'd even chuck in the rival school stuff which i think is brilliant as Mm. well but for me this album slip is legit like 
one of the all-time great records that should have sold a kajillion copies and it ended up you know i don't think it even charted what a shame and they split up quite soon after it within like two years they'd split up bummer yeah but that's my pick it's a fucking good pick man i mean yeah as someone who was not there at the time um yeah i'm a late comer to quicksand definitely i mean i discovered them through um sergio vega obviously becoming the bassist of deftones for best part of well best part of 13 14 years how long was he with deftones yeah, he was yeah. with them for a long time so yeah i then went back and listened to them from there um yeah i mean it's fantastic as you say dine alone i mean that surely that should be just an established classic in the kind of alt metal hardcore post hardcore I don't know, the tapestry of all that stuff that's come in the wake of it. I mean, yeah, Quicksand are awesome. I feel like I still don't know them as well as I kind of owe it to myself to know them because you look mm-hmm. at the pedigree of band members. I mean, you say, what was Shrifles? You'd go on to do Rival Schools, etc. And Sergio Vega, who I love the work of in Deftones and, and in Quicksand. Um, I think this is a brilliant album. I would possibly just plump for manic compression as my favorite one but oh yeah it's a close fought thing i think quicksand are a remarkably consistent band as you say four albums not not really a bad second amongst them so yeah walter is such a dude i mean you know you, he, the, the music that he's produced as well um love that no division that hot water music album that he produced amazing mm. like wrote all the the first civ album it's brilliant like he's just he's just a legendary character within punk and hardcore and guitar music and he's got he he pulls he he pulls like hooks from nowhere i mean he's the head to wall the second track on this record and it's just this like kind of it's not really grinding but it's like this kind of like phasery sort of down struck riff that doesn't feel like you should be able to get any sort of hook from it but like that song is now in my head just by mentioning it it's brilliant i mean and like you know punk bands doing instrumentals do you need it but like baphomet is just an amazing instrumental like so good i mean everything on it it's 39 minutes it's basically a perfect 39 minutes what a band they are amazing that would be my pick what's yours sam uh mine is also a debut lp released in the year of our lord 1993 i've gone for one that you definitely know i no, pretty much inside out and i think a lot of people listening might know but might not like i've gone for undertow by tool yeah do you know what i deliberately didn't mention that because i thought that would be what you picked to be yeah. honest, but we, we, yes we, yeah. we were talking beforehand and it was like oh what's the best album 1993 and it, i mean basically it is in utero but i think neither of us wanted to talk about that because it's it's been done so many times before in- including by dave and krista in a fantastic episode of yeah Our collaborate and listen uh, a little while back um which i thought was an excellent one so i think rather than mm. retread that ground let's talk about some quite up itself prog rock but is it really and is it more just kind of alt metal and are they all just having a laugh um yeah i love undertow um it was a tool album i came to a little bit later in my sort of tool listening career as it were i got into them just after the release of Ten Thousand days um and it would have been Parable and Parabola and Schism that I first heard as part of, um, I think it was Guitar Hero World Tour. There was like a boss stage where you played three Tool songs yeah. back to back. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is weird. Um, Vicarious was on it as well. Excellent. Yeah, Vicarious was. I think that was outside of that mission area, so to speak. But yeah, mm. uh, that was where I first heard Tool. And I was basically hooked from there. Um, went out, bought all the CDs. And Undertow, to be fair... 
I would probably rank bottom in terms of tool LPs, but that's the strength of tools output that I still think this is one of, if not the best album of 1993. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see them for the first time in 2019. I they, they announced a European tour, but they weren't doing any UK dates. So I was like, well, I don't know if they're ever actually going to come here. So I went over to Prague basically for about 24 hours to go and see them. And they did Intolerance live. And I was like, fuck me, this song's so good. It's so heavy. And in amongst the kind of more lengthy and ponderous material that they'd go on to do with Lateralis and 10,000 Days, getting something as concise and just angry and riffy as Intolerance, it's fantastic. And then obviously Prison Sex and Sober, the two big singles. I mean, Adam Jones' Stop Motion Van... Uh, stop motion stop motion animation my god i can't talk stop motion animation that makes up the video for prison sex is so disturbing so horrible um but then you know you got like bottom with henry rollins coming in to prove add a bit of punk credence i mean i suppose yeah I, uh, do you think it's a stretch to say that this era of tool probably were listening to my war like when they were starting that in green jelly and then coming here because it's quite sludgy more than it is necessarily probably yeah. i'd say yeah, I mean, you know, like this is definitely tall kind of emerging from the, the 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 sludge. You know, this is kind of like the first evolutionary step of tall, isn't it? And tall, you know, for a very, very, very long time, tall, I would have gone like that. They are my favourite band and I still absolutely love them. I do think you're right. I do think this is the weakest, weakest. I think it's my... It's hard to say, isn't it? It's the first tall album I owned. Right. And it's the first time I really properly heard them and it... That it was very, very close to being my pick. I mean, I thought yours would be this pork soda by Primus, or maybe even in on the Kill Taker by Fugazi. Yeah. All great shouts, all great shouts. Um, but yeah, I think because Tool have evolved to such staggering heights in the aftermath of this record, it's hard to go back to this record and be as like blown away by it. Mm. But in terms of like song for song, it is definitely the most instantaneous and pummeling tool record definitely and you say like you say you know that that bass tone adam jones's weird guitar i think you know maynard seems to have just been come fully formed as one of the most esoteric odd and gifted singers ever gifted yeah like without any question um so yeah it's a great shout it is a great shout and it's a brilliant record uh yeah yeah it's a good year it is a good year. I mean, as you say, you know, In on the Kill Taker by uh, Fugazi and Pork Soda by Primus, the darkest Primus album. Fucking brilliant. Love it. Might stick My Name is Mud on after we finish this. Okay. Well, we finished now. That's oh, it. okay. I'll Thanks do it now. Thanks very then. much. <laughs> we'll see you, see you next year. For not, it's going to... Do you think this chat in 13 minutes is a lot? Fuck me. 1994. It's like every album was brilliant, basically, wasn't it? Pretty much, yeah. See you then. <laughs>